and welcome back to 1882, your Tottenham podcast. I know it's been a while. Life and other stuff has gotten away. Maybe a bit of laziness as well on our part. But we are finally back. We are, we've got two games to talk about today. Um, I'm, I'm Ash, your host, and with me is my big bro Chris. How you doing? How are doing? All right. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, man. Just trying to uh, see you through another week of Tottenham life, mate. It's, uh, it's yeah. so I'll, 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 I'll let it go. You pick. How are we gonna do this? Do we start with the good or the bad or or the ugly? Or the ugly, like how are we gonna do it? <laughs> Listen, I don't want to spend too much time on Arsenal because I think people have just about got over it, and they. I mean, <laughs> we're recording now on Wednesday. The conversations so, that but, need to be had. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it though. But we we've got to do it. So, um, Chris, can you um, can you sum up the game or have you got a little rant? I feel like you got a rant you need to get out. Not, do you know what? I really haven't. Like, nah. It's it's one of those where things happened at the wrong time. Yeah, we were yeah, yeah. we were actually building in uh, up into that game. Um, I feel like Arsenal were buzzing in and around the box, but at no point did I feel like they guaranteed a goal. Like their chances weren't as many as it may have looked because they were in and around our box. Yeah, there was no real clear cut chances. The only one I can name is Gabriel when he uh, cut inside. Um, Romero, yeah, and that's the only real clear cut chance. We've lost to a, an absolute wonder goal. Um, we've lost to then yeah. concede in the 50th minute, straight after half time, after finishing the first half strong. You then Lloris has one of his stinkers, um, and then Romero just uh, Royale loses his head. Um, I think that game comes down once again to individual performances. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just every time we seem to grow into a game or start even building some kind of form, someone falls off and it just throws the whole ship. Um, and unfortunately, when that happens in a North London derby, you can't pick up from it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I want to say about the game is they had a centre mid and a goal scorer who shouldn't even be on the fucking pitch. And um, it's an utter disgrace that he still gets paid and played and it doesn't get spoken about. And that at the end of the game, his manager says, after all that he's been through, that's an absolute fucking disgrace. And imagine being a young woman in the country at the moment who's been through any kind of abuse and listening to that kind of support for a man who's allegedly done what he's done. I say allegedly, he's got off on a technicality, and that's not a, that's not like a unreported thing. It was mentioned by the police. So, um, yeah, I guess love and support to all our female listeners because I can't imagine that that was um, a pleasant watch or listen. But yeah, it was one of those goals where um, we would have wanted the ball to fall to him in that position. Any player on the edge of the box of Arsenal's, we would have like. Fuck it, let him have a go. And he could have tried that 99 more times. I'd let any Arsenal player take that shot. Well, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, um, you'd like Odegaard, Shaka, they're more likely to, to cause a danger in that position. Party, he's probably scored two, maybe three of those in his life. So, um, so it is a bit unfair. And the game at that point was going exactly how we expected and exactly what the game plan was. Let them buzz about. They'll wear themselves out. And they did. And they couldn't keep it up. So they, they were decent for about 25 minutes, but then we came into the game and we rightly got the penalty, um, which was dispatched like Kane always dispatches them. <laughs> um, unreal penalty. But 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like I, said, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I, I, I want the podcast to be a bit like a pick me up, like a JD and Coke or something. <laughs> don't want to just <laughs> no, a straight but, shot of vodka. You know what? If you if you take away the bullshit, there yeah. is some positives in terms of patterns of play. Yeah. Um, yes, there may be few and far in between, but there was some. Um, Saliba looked like a great player. And Gabriel looks like he's improved. However, they still did not like going backwards. No, and that's exactly great. where the penalty come from. Is every time we made them run backwards, they were very scared, even as good as people make out these, especially Saliba, how good they make them out to be. And that gives us positive going into the next North London derby. Because to be honest, as long as we get back to our top form, I still think we beat. Well, it happens. The reason it happens every season, like we lose at yeah, their place, we do them at our place. It's nothing new. It it doesn't give us an indicator of the season. Like it just happens every fucking year. Yeah. And we had a man sent off for a reckless challenge. I, I admittedly at the time I said that's that's a yellow, and I've seen yellows given for them, like Van Dyke, and there's about three Liverpool players that have done it on Tottenham players in the past. But it probably is a red. Like you can't argue. It should be a red. It's a it red. Um. But it's just it just skews the game and the perception of the game. And I, I, we've got into this generation now at the moment where I, I've like it happens every time a, a nation dominates football. So back in like the, the 80s and, and arguably the 90s, like Italian football was the best. So everyone wanted to play on the counter attack and make sure you don't concede and whatever. That was the way to play football. Um, and then slowly build from the solid defence. So. Yeah, yeah. And before that, obviously, you had the Dutch teams and the AX teams playing the four-three-three. Total football. And the total football. And, and now we've gone into the ticka-tacka, or we then went into the ticka-tacka, I should say, where possession is absolutely everything. If you've got the ball, you're the better team. End of. Like we stop <laughs> ignoring the fact that chance creation and tar- and chance and taking chances is also an indicator of performance. Like if you're not creating and you're not scoring, you're also going somewhere wrong. Keeping the ball, dominating the ball, is not the same as dominating a game. And then also now we've gone into that game If we do a quick analysis, is that teams that take their chances have won more tournaments than people that will win with possession stats. Let's not forget Mm. about Greece, who just scored one header in every single (laughs) game. Let's not forget about Conte's uh, in Iron. There's, you could go far back, it, Italy in all their World Cups, in the Euros, whatever. Yeah. We just took yeah. our chances. And ultimately, for me, that's why I haven't got an issue with Conte's system yeah. at Spurs. is because he's still the third best team in terms of goals. And goals win you games. Yeah. yeah. And also, yes, we're all, restricting all the teams. All stats may look bad, but yeah. we, still, we still score. But look at the shots that teams are taking against us as well. And it all it's all reminiscent of that Wolves game. It's just long range shots Like they can do that all day. And we're going to concede the odd one now and then. But when our strike force is up and running and like really firing like we know they can do, um, that we're going to be able to take that because we're going to be scoring two or three goals because we're, we're so clinical on the counter and second. Like you were saying, they were fucking shitting themselves whenever we got past the halfway line. And I um, think that brings us perfectly into Frankfurt game. Because especially that first half, um, mm. I see a, I've seen a lot from the fan base got absolutely nuts, uh-uh, saying it's a terrible performance. Oh, shit fuck performance. me! And to me, I'm going to use a term that the kids use. So because most of them, if you're listening, you'd understand better. 
Fucking hell, Barry Roberts. That's cat. That's cat. Let's keep it 100. Well, there was that fucking... I I tweeted him because it pissed me off. That Hotspur edition. He's got like 23 and a half thousand followers. And they're still tweeting like uh, attention-seeking shit like fucking bloody horrendous was the word. Bloody horrific. Bloody horrific. It was a nil-nil away in the Champions League. In what context is that bloody horrific? it It was the performance in the first half. Yes, we allowed them on the ball. I'm not being funny. The defence and the midfield actually done its job. Yeah, yeah, really, really well. Unfortunately for us, Kane wasn't firing, Son wasn't firing, Mm. and Richarlison was just in in Dicker's pocket. Um, um, And what we need to understand is is that if if PSG, for example, if Mbappe and Neymar and Messi don't turn up, do you think they're still winning games? City, Haaland, De Bruyne Mm. and Gundogan or Foden, whoever, they're not the same team. And unfortunately for us, as much as I've been slurting Heiberg, as much as I've been slating other players, even Emerson, they actually got the ball forward in dangerous positions. Emerson, arguably Emerson's best game in his yeah. first shirt, to be and, fair to him. And they actually got, there was plenty of times, even Perisic, if I was Perisic, I'd have been frustrated as hell. Because yeah. I was making runs, no one was finding me. When I was getting the ball across the box, no one was gambling. Kane was always a second too late. And as a striker, yeah. you're told to gamble and everything. Um, Son's first touch, horrific. Like I well, say, I think I think we can sum up the whole team performance with shit passes and heavy touches. I think that yeah. says it all. It's so frustrating. Everything up to the halfway line was great. Our defence looked solid pretty much throughout the whole game. Romero looked like he was coming back to form because he's been a bit off it. He's been diving. Like he's, he's always been aggressive in the tackle, but he's been can diving I, in I and just completely say, missing. For me, I don't know if you agree, Ash, but for mm. me, it's that that drop-off is down to the standards he has set himself yeah. and we expect him to be rather than him playing shit. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's been shit, but he has dropped off, like I was saying. he's. But that's because his performances and his standards are so yeah. much higher. Yeah, I still, we, I, still expect, we, I still want if, better from him. If we saw them performances from Dyer, yeah. we'd be saying he's had a decent performance. I'm, I'm, not, having, I'm, not, having a, I'm not having a Dyer. I'm not having the Dyer slate and shit that I get. I I'm not saying Dyer. No, but, but there's still I'm people saying... saying there's levels. There's levels. There's, I still see people tweeting shit like, oh, Conte's got to work with Dyer. Like... Dyer has been one of our best players in the last 18 months. Like, he's he's been good. You fucking clearly don't agree with that. He's been decent since been decent. back end of since. I wouldn't Virginia. say good. He's been decent, but I think the whole argument with Dyer and he he's not gonna he's not lost us any games. And but the thing is that that was a position we should have upgraded in, and Dyer is definitely it's, what. Is not definitely an easy one. one. Is definitely one that you need to keep in that changing room. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't want to sell him. I hope. I actually on, honestly hope he stays there to the end of his career because of the fight in him. And he's I, a I guarantee he was guaranteed manager. The changing room. Guaranteed manager when he retires. He could be, but I think in the changing room he's massive. So for me, yeah. he's got a rotational player. Yeah. Um, same with Hoiberg. It's hard to that that centre centre back position is a hard upgrade though. There's not many players. That plays there, there specifically. was one there to take. Who's that? Kim Min Jae. We should have took him. Yeah, it's, yeah, it would have been a risk, but yeah, he's he's doing class at Napoli now, isn't he? But it's it's one of them where, like I say, it's when you take the emotion out of it, they're rotational players. 
Heuberg's yeah. the same. He he'd be good to bring on when you're consolidating a win or or just to rotate a player. Another yes, great job, but a great changing room player as well. Yeah, you need him. But where squad. we want to be and where we should be as a Tottenham football club with all the assets we've got, with the fan base we've got, with some of the the players we've got, Heuberg shouldn't be our starter. No, and, but it's incredible. If we're talking about Frankfurt, apart from a couple of missed passes, at the end of the day, Kane was worse, Son was worse, Richarlison was worse. Yeah, yeah. But they, um, I think that's um, the point you're making about Hoiberg and those rotational players, already having them in the squad, um, that that brings me some confidence because we are just lacking uh, maybe two more transfer windows if we get them right and we just add a bit of quality in those areas. That can be completely transformative rather than having a few really, really good players and then having to sign 11, 12, like, average players to back up the team that's far more difficult whereas we've got those personalities and the driving players that are good and we can rely on them but it's just a, actually a bit of stardust and that like that sent him with a different kind of ball playing midfielder would be nice um a proper Kuliseski replacement because Richarlison I, I like him I think he's really good I just don't think he works in a front feed with Kane and Son he's he's yeah too he just doesn't work Son. yeah that's exactly what it is too, they, too they're, they're running it they're both making that inside yeah. run into the same space. And it's just that we need someone who's better at right, coming into the half spaces and bringing the ball forward. And like, could have said some of that resp- he take what Cooley does. He takes a lot of responsibility off Kane in terms yeah. of hold up play in terms yeah. of lip cut play. I think his final ball is much better than Richarlison and Son. Um, what I would say though about Richarlison is that because he's played in playing in an unnatural position, mm. um, he has got more, more credit in the bank and if, and i think his when Kulu comes back in yeah when he's back fit it has to be son that gets dropped again i'm sorry and and it's not down to what he can do it's his current form in mm. his favorite position is not good enough and it's the fundamentals that he's still not doing the heavy touches not being able to pass the ball he's buzzing around a lot more that we didn't see in the first few games However, Richarlison, where he hasn't played in that left-hand side, for me, he's still got that 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 credit in the bank that Son hasn't got going into the next few games. I should say Son hasn't got any credit in the bank. <laughs> he's been one of our best players for the half, last half a decade or so, Chris. But no, no, not in, I get, not, I get not, what you're saying. I'm talking about recent form. I'm talking about, I get what you're saying in terms of recent form. Who should start? Um, I still go with Son because I just think he's more. He's got that ability to um, light up a game from the start. And imagine Richarlison coming off the bench. I'm, I'm saying that after Son came off the bench in the last game, but I had him in 30 minutes. But I feel like Richarlison coming off the bench and adding physicality as well as sort of speed and finishing and stuff, I think that could be more dangerous. Um, I would like to see with Kulu out. I wouldn't mind seeing a 3-5-2 with Richarlison and Kane. Yeah. However, I don't think it works. But like I, I think it depends like on your I've position. been proved wrong before. Um, it could, it could, but I just don't think. I yeah. think it depends on your position. In that, like in that Frankfurt game, we didn't need a three-man midfield. Like we were progressing the no. ball forward. Fine. It was the final third where the it was literally the, the literal touches. And the final passes that was letting us down, like the build-up play was absolutely fine. In defence, we weren't getting outrun or anything like that. So I think the formation was fine and it's going to take something 
pretty spectacular for Conte to change it. Not it only because he likes... No, no, exactly. And it's going to take something spectacular for Conte to change it, not because he's like necessarily stubborn, but because um, it works. Like we've been doing really well. It's not like we've been fucking dreadful. And like like I said earlier, there's all this talk about us being overrun. It's like yeah, but we haven't, though, have we? Because we've no one's been able to score that many goals against us. Well, the only team where we the system looked like it wasn't working was Chelsea. Yeah. Every other game, it was the individual performances once again, rather than system yeah. or coaching. But we still ended up with a draw, and that I think that was that was a really awkward one because they had. Um, like a, a centre mid playing right wing back, a right wing back cutting in and basically being another centre mid. Yeah. It was it was a bit awkward. I'd still expect a manager of Conte's um, pedigree to be able to fix it, and he did. That's how we came back into the game. But um, yeah, I can't think of another game where we've been absolutely fucking destroyed. Well, not tactically anyway. That's what I mean. Like obviously yeah. individual performances have let us down here and there, but um. It's not that bad, is it? Well, the next game is... Uh, we should probably talk about the um, where that leaves us in terms of our positioning in um, in, in, in the Champions League. Like I said earlier, nil, um, you know, a point away in the Champions League is never an easy feat. But how does that... How do you think that lines us up in terms of um, where we are now well, going forward? Two games at home. Yeah. Brings me confidence. Uh, one away at Marseille, that's really rough. Um, just because of the atmosphere that they bring. Well, they just um, done sporting at home for one, didn't they? Yeah. Um, that was more down to the keeper. What? Oh. I didn't see it. Was it. Did you watch the game? Worst performance from a keeper I've seen in 30 years of my life. <laughs> Mar- Marseille. <laughs> Who's uh, their keeper? It was Antonio Adnan. Okay, uh, so he's got some pedigree. Like, he's not like a nobody. 38. <laughs> he's got, he, he uh, had some pedigree. He had some pedigree. <laughs> right. And this guy... This guy, right, he, Sporting were winning 1-0. They look good. Marcus Edwards looking good again, by the way. Trincao looking good. Pedro Porro, who I've heard we've been scouting, looking decent again. Um, and then he just passes it to, <laughs> to a Marseille player. Does it draw up? He, he has a nightmare. Two goals in a row were his fault. And then he gets himself sent off. <laughs> That's Jonathan Woodgate standard, like all in the first half. This geezer <laughs> lost the plot. Maybe it maybe had a birthday party or something to go to. And he I'm just wanted sorry, to get home. If I'm, if I'm 38 and I drop that performance, I'm retiring there and then I'm not finishing <laughs> the season. I'll be honest with you. But yeah, no, let's two games at home. We're second uh, with four second. points, two points behind Sporting. Level if Frankfurt, if we got Frankfurt next, we yeah. beat them. Um, and if Sporting beat Marseille, that leaves them two on three. Four and three. Four and three. Yeah. And then we'll go to... We'll be on seven. Sporting seven, will be on nine. Sporting on nine. So you could pretty almost say... Pretty comfortable. I believe we've got... Sporting will be our next game, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Then it replays backwards, doesn't it? Then so it replays backwards. So then we've, we've, got two home, yeah. we've got two home games in a row. Our yeah. last game is away. So we should wrap it up in the next two games. Two, yeah. A win and a draw, and we should wrap it up. But I'm hoping for two wins. Well, the games in between those two, the next two Champions League games. One of them's Liverpool, don't we? Well, we? No, no, we got Brighton, and then we're playing Frankfurt 
next week, midweek. Um, and then we've got Everton at home, United away, Newcastle home, and then Sporting at home. So some tricky fixtures in there, but we should go to Brighton and win. Are they, have they even brought in a new manager? Yeah, they got Deserby, who. Oh yeah, he was decent. Great at Swans. That's the swallow. Who, by the way, he. But the thing is, he could play into our hands because that's the swallow. He was great going forward. Yeah. And they will be a nightmare if he sets up the same. Yeah. But defensively, especially us playing on the counter, uh, we could have some joy there um, with his style of play. Um, but we know Brit, uh, Brighton's always a. Uh, a difficult fixture for us. It seems like a natural fit for the Zedby, though. Like, it's not like he's going to go in there and absolutely revolutionise the tactics. It's a fairly, it's fairly comfortable. And the players have got a very similar where his wide men are technical players. So he had, yeah. um, he had Berardi, for example, who is much better than Trossard. However, they're both smaller players, very technical, quality on the ball. And mm. Trossard, last game, scored a hat-trick. Um, so... It, it seems like a very natural fit for him. Yeah. Um, very good choice um, by the by the board over yeah, there. Yeah, seems um, to run their club pretty well, to be fair. Oh, to brilliant. Him. But yeah, tr- difficult fixture for us. But I'm still expecting a win. Um, mm. I'm hoping Kulu's back by then. I'm I'm hearing rumours that Basuma's likely to start next game. It would make so, sense, wouldn't it? So like... hopefully Basuma cements his place. Uh, if Basuma, if, if, if the rumours that Basuma started is true, with Conte saying what he said about him struggling to um, come to terms with the two-man midfield, it would suggest a switch to a three-man centre midfield. Yeah, he could rest. He could rest uh, Son. Most likely rest with Charleston, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel sorry for Conte because as much as we don't think Lucas is good enough, he's a threat. Lucas was yeah. not fit. Cooley's that, not fit. That chaos that he brings into a game, even yeah. if like he can he can create space for other players, and by accident we can with him on the pitch we might create something. Mm. But um, yeah, and there's obviously a lot of talk about how shit our transfer window is because we don't have any attackers on the bench. But we had two injured the other day. Yeah, so. it's, it's not just that. I think some of the ones we brought in, as much as we want to see them, they are a gamble. And yeah. Conte does not take gambles. He takes high percentage. Yeah. So, as much as we cry out for Emerson not to play, and we want to see Spence, defensively, Spence needs to improve. I'm not saying he's bad. Mm. He needs to improve. He's very early Carl Walker. Relies a lot on his pace to get back. And yeah. that's going to frustrate Conte. Um, and I think he's going to go Perisic right wing back and Cesc left wing back. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, unless he feels that I think, I think he'll do that and then he'll bring Doherty on for Perisic because um, he doesn't want to wear out Perisic because he brought Perisic off against Frankfurt as well, didn't he, to give yeah. Cesc some minutes. And Cesc, to be fair to him, looked like he was really really up for it and tried to create a few chances, but he you could balls on the ball. Is that just me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks a bit like he he's been in the stocky, gym. He stockied up a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but we should we should beat them, really, shouldn't we? Um, we just need that final touch and just a bit more bit more quality on the passes as well we saw Richarlison put a few like too heavy past Kane and one past Perisic Kane a few of his touches were classed I was going to be because he's classed but he just tired out yeah 
especially yeah. after Fasai. When he took that niggle to his back and his knee on the byline, when Ndika come across him. When he nearly scored. When he nearly scored. Um, yeah. He seemed after that to be very sluggish. Um, and I know it took him some time to shake that one, that that off. Um, it doesn't look like an injury, but it could just show a bit of tiredness. But unfortunately, um, we could go with Richarlison. But if if Kulu was fit, we could go Kulu, Richarlison's son. But in the two, we can't go Richarlison. Even even Conte, when he was talking about switching to the three five two, he said he's got the players to do it, and he can play Kane and Son up front, or Kane and Richarlison up front. And no, he never said Richarlison and Son. No, and he can't. Work. It's not good enough. It won't work. None of them. They're, they're too far too similar players. Um, but but yeah, what's um what's, what's your score prediction for for then then for the Brighton game? Two uh, one Tottenham. Two one. Who's the score? Who's the goal scorer then? I'm gonna say Kane and Perisic. You think he's finally gonna get one? He came close. He's gonna get one. Close. Yeah, yeah. I can't see us not conceding. They they are dangerous on the counter attack, but um, yeah, we need we need to win. We've had we've come back off to less than perfect results so um yeah let's let's go let's go for a free free one that's a bit more confident i think we'll, we might finally get an early goal to help settle us down as well because we've been sort of perennial slow starters haven't we yeah so this has got to be a bit better at least um yeah and then like we'll say we're on to frankfurt away uh, at home i should say we, we sort of know what we're getting out of them now don't we two nil you think two nil we should have been three or four in that first half Easily, like the chances we've had Son, and a lot of people talk about how we only got one shot on target. But did you see the chances that didn't go on target that yeah. should have done? That's, that's, <sighs> and them crosses, them crosses that like Perisic puts across, or mm. the one Emerson got across that just went behind Perisic. They don't do that all the time. It was just one of them games where you just can't hit the back to the net to save your life. Any Next threat time, from Frankfurt? Um, they played their best team. Um, I was very disappointed with Kamada. Yeah. I think um, there's a reason he's still at that club. Yeah. <laughs> but he normally looks like a decent player. Um, I don't think they'll change much. I think we need to work out how to isolate Indica in terms of not getting the ball close to him. Yeah, he was bullying anyone who went near him. The guy is. That's mad. why. That's why I felt sorry for Brian Hill when he came on because he was oh. just running there, fucking. And that was embarrassing. <laughs> Poor that lad. Embarrassing. Poor lad. Yeah, um, no chance. If we can get the ball away from Endicott, yeah, um, and attack the opposite flank, um, and if we can uh, stop uh, Knauf getting in behind. Um, I think that's their two major threats in terms of stopping goal scoring and goal scoring. I think Knuff, although he's a wing back, he is he's very good at getting forward and finding open. I open think he started. Spaces. I think he started career as a winger. I think they're sort of mm. one of those converts that um, Conte loves so much himself. But yeah, I think that's it. I think you've got two or three players to nullify, and we did it really well in the away leg. Um, we know their fans are going to come and make a noise. I'm calling it a noise because they get a lot of credit for being loud, 
But if you listen, like I don't speak German, but a lot of it was just whoa, whoa. It was like, what is that? <laughs> that for me isn't support. That's just fucking droning. It just becomes background noise. It's not even relevant. But it still, it still puts the players off. Yeah, but I want the ebbs and flow of the game. I want the fans to feel like they're actually involved in the game. And if you're just making a constant noise, where's the energy? Where's the excitement when you? When you almost score, where's the energy when you see a crunching is, tackle? Is it, is it not about intimidating the other team so your your team gets an edge? So it doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah, but when Arsenal, we don't get fucking brutalised by other fans. When <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. We got Conte as our manager. We got Harry Kane with nerves and still Hoiberg, absolute fucking Viking. Dyer at the back, he would kill a man for sneezing near him. Mm. So, we just need to see more of it. Yeah. Is there any um anything we haven't mentioned? Is there any honourable performances over the last couple of games that you feel need bringing out? Longley's been getting a lot of attention. Longley, really, yeah. Longley's definitely nailed that LCB. Yeah. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable with him. The only thing I don't think Conte may be happy about is that although defensively he's better, better on the ball, um, better passer. Don't think he's being that that overload on that left hand side, um, and that's why I, 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 why we see the Davies sub um, quite. But Annie was it was booked as well to be fair. Yeah, so. Annie was booked, but it was just for me he'd prefer someone who who can get up and down a bit more, um, mm. find themselves in a bit more advanced positions. But he he's been he's been from what we we saw at Barca. Yeah, he's much improved. And he's but transitioned. He's transitioned he's still, very well. He's he still seems a bit weak in in defence for me. Um, he clearly brings us something that Davies doesn't bring us in the build up um, on the ball, as in getting past a um, a high press. He's he, he's calm and collected, and he doesn't lose the ball like, as much as Davies does. But um, like last season, he had fucking atrocious heading. Stats like we're talking like 30% of headers he won, and he's like six foot one, that's ridiculous. Um, and there was a few times where I felt like he should have just gone it through and, and won a header, and he yeah. wasn't able to. And that's that's the only concern for me. So I'm not there yet on Longley. Um, I feel like in the long run, I'd be more happy with him than Ben Davis, that for sure. But again, it's another position that I'm sure we're still trying to, we, we are still going to go and improve we're and still find a proper star. Um, there's a reason we only got him alone then there isn't a purchase option on there or anything like that so um but yeah you know it's, it's a positive we saw brian hill finally get some minutes we mentioned him briefly um anything you want to say other than the poor lad getting bullied by one of the strongest most physical left center backs in europe any hope is there any hope for him in the premier league for tottenham I like to think there is because you can tell he's a very good dribbler, good footwork, bags of energy. Um, gets it's hard himself, to tell from 20 minutes. He, he, gets, him, he gets himself about. Um, he's not scared at all of anyone. It's just it's just that size. And yeah, I hear people talk about, oh, what about Zola? What about players like Cazorla and, and all these other small players? But you got to understand that there's levels and unfortunately for him where he's where he's where he lacks 
he has to be very special at what he does good. Yeah, that's what those players like. That's what players you want, mentioned. Yeah. They you couldn't get the ball off them because their close control um, was pretty exceptional, um, and their time of the pass and all that. Whereas Brian Hill, he's got he has got good footwork. We saw that in the he, when he when he, he broke from there. He can't be good. He needs to yeah. be exceptional at those things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's he's listen. He's still young. He could still do it. Um, I just don't think Tottenham are going to hold on to him for long enough to do it. No, we'll cash in, won't we? We'll try and get we'll try and get our money back on him somewhere between twenty and twenty-five million. I think someone in Spain will pay that eventually when their um, finances are all sorted out because they're all a bit still in the mud, aren't they? Yeah. But it was all right. Um, I can't remember. Did, it, did, did any centimeters come on eventually? I can't remember. It's a shame having uh, having Petrimo and Skippy on the bench and not, they're not even getting 10 minutes to let the other guys rest. But, you probably should have. Um, I think that would be my only criticism of Conte. Mm. Um, for me, there's there's three players I want to see. Uh, and that's Basuma, Saar and Spence. Yeah. Those are the three players that I'd, I think should be given a run out. I think especially if we're chasing a game... Or we're looking to put on the pressure. Like bringing on Spence makes so much sense. So much sense because he's just that energy and the ridiculous amount of pace and just his ability to just get past the player and get to the byline and, and, and knock it back is and something I, that we just honest, really I lack. Arsenal could have been a good game for that. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because mentally Martinelli would have been questioning himself. Yeah, Spence already got one over him. He's got one over him, so he would have been questioning himself. I'm not saying that Martinelli would have been bad all of a sudden. No, he's a good player. He, he would have just questioned himself. Mm. And he may have made a few decisions where he, where he against Emerson, he would have been a lot more confident. Yeah. So, I mean, good. rightly or wrongly, attackers are going to feel confident coming up against Emerson just because of this narrative around him, especially after that red card's not going to fucking help at all. But um, even though he's actually been an okay player, like he's not nowhere near as bad as some people are making out. Um, but yeah, absolutely see your point. He would have, he, just his pace, even in defence, like um, Martinelli would have probably been two, three yards further back on the, on the um, transition yeah. because they know like, even no matter how quick they are, like they're gonna need to give Spence two yards of pace because he will fucking breeze past them regardless. He's that quick. But um, but yeah, he's, he's that's. He's, I'm sure he'll get his time. It's just whether he takes it and how yeah, how long is Con gonna make him wait. But also he didn't get a preseason under Conte as well, so maybe he's getting an extended preseason. We'll have the um, we've got loads of games coming up now. Now it's one like two a week now until the World Cup, isn't it? It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So he'll get some game time. So let's see how it goes. All right. Anything anything you want to say to the boys and girls before we call it a night? Um, we, we're going to make a, a real effort to uh, have these uh, <laughs> out to you a lot more. Um, we had a supposed lot to be weekly. On. Yeah, supposed to be weekly. But between us, we have quite a bit going on. So apologies for that. Um, like we say in every podcast, guys, you're more than welcome on. Um, whether you just want to have a chat for 10 minutes like a phone in or whether you want to sit here through the whole episode that's that's not an issue um, we'll, we'll definitely want to hear your points of view um, because at the moment my views on Twitter are getting absolutely trolled <laughs> um, I don't know if it's because my following's gone up that I'm attracting more trolls or my opinions are just in the mud I don't know um, but 
yeah, guys, please do come on. Um, give me a message um, at Chris underscore nine one um, or message on the uh, the pod. Yeah, that's uh, at eighteen eighty two pod. That's um, in digits. So at one eight eight two pod. Or if, you know. or even if you've got any content or any kind of idea that you want us to go through or or speak about, we're more than happy to do that. Yeah, holler, um, ho- holler at us. Holler at your kids. boys. <laughs> down with the kids. That was used in the nineties, when We were growing <laughs> up. <laughs> down with the kids. Fuck knows what they're saying these days, but they ain't saying holler at the boys, are they? All right, and uh, on that note, thank you very much for joining us. As Christian said, do get in touch with us. Um, We hope you have a lovely rest of the week whenever you're listening to this and up the spurs.